and um, go. Okay, so uh, awesome. what we're going to talk about today is I'll give you like the true definition or scientific title of it, but let me give you the, the um, keep it simple title. Stop stuffing your shit down, right? So um, what, we, what, we, what it's really called is um, what we call emotional bypassing or spiritual bypassing. And what we're going to do is we'll talk a little bit today. And we'll, Margaret and I have some dialogue back and forth, and you guys can certainly join in. But um, this, is, this is a societal um, uh, generational thing that's brought down, especially for men. And um, we want to kind of explain it a little bit, maybe give you some um, ways that you do that. Uh, and, and then sh t talk to you about some of the things we've already given you to, um, un you know, release the brakes, so to speak on yourself. Um, if you do this and listen, everyone does this in some way. It is where you do it, how you do it. And an it's another self-awareness tool to understand yourself well. Okay. You know, the, what we've always told you in, in the grand scheme of mindset, right? And, it, and this is different than what people tell you, especially in health and fitness or, or anything. It, and, you know, the true nature of success and happiness is not achieved by finding ways or reasons to be so, right? It's about releasing yourself from the reasons why you're not already, right? Or another way to say that is, you know, it's not techniques or a new workout program or a new nutrition program to lose 30 pounds. It's releasing from the reasons why you're already 30 pounds overweight, right? It's the same thing, different scenario, put that in business, your, re your relationships, money, it doesn't matter. But spiritual bypassing, when you are really, I'm gonna use the word hard-nosed uh, because that's a generational term in my family, um, and you are a grinder and you work hard, you will emotionally bypass a lot of your bound nature right? You'll just accept it as is and just keep going. Now, there are gifts to that. There are bad things to that. Um, you know, one of my gifts that I, I truly try not to get into anymore is I have the ability to wake up and work 24-7 till I go to bed every day, any day of the week. And in that time, I can work out though I'm not fully present, I can get everything I need to get done, but I'm always working. Like I can do that. That's not good, right? There, there's a lot of bound nature associated with that. There's a lot of self-sabotage around that. There's a lot of explosion around that, right? And I was, an, I was a classic emotional bypasser because I was taught as a male to not show emotion, to accept pain, not show it, don't cry, get yelled at, take it, move on, and keep going. Um, and I'm sure some of that type of resonates with you in some way, whether you're a man. And as a female, I'm sure, and, and just in the male to female, I'm sure men have said that to you, don't cry. Don't do this. Don't do that. Why are you acting that way? Why are you so upset? You know, I'm sure there's those type of things. Um, and, and just in truth, and in, in the way society talks about it, women are better at explaining their emotions. I have met women who are not. Okay. So it, it works both ways. 
you know, in, psycholo in, in psychology today, they, they talk about spiritual bypassing as grasping rather than gratitude, arriving rather than being, avoiding rather than accepting. And I thought that was, that was pretty good. You know, you know, we act as though acknowledging and accepting our feelings isn't allowed when we're spiritual bypassers or emotional bypassing, even in the privacy of our own homes, like we avoid the discomfort, the discomfort of our experiences and tell ourselves that for the billionth time that we should be grateful for what I, for how I'm, how hard I work and what I do. And I can just grind through this and not be upset or I can, um, let it go, so to speak, right? Um, you know, in our denial and avoidance, you know, our suffering, internal suffering, increases drastically. And that threat bucket we talk about just keeps filling up because your bucket, you've been able to expand that bucket because you've been able to, you know, just stuff it in there further and further. You know, and <laughs> this is true. We wonder why the COVID pandemic has exasperated mental health issues for this reason that we're going to get into. Margaret, do you have anything to say? That was a long intro. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. I, and I, I just, the expression I use it for this, you're, you're, are you a stuffer? Well, we're all stuffers because if you're a venter, it's only because you're either a stuffer or a venter, right? So you're going to stuff that stuff down, but eventually it's got to come out some way. Mm-hmm. And it, because you can't hold on to it, you just can't, you can't hold on to it forever. It's an illusion. It's not, it's not real to think that you are, it's not out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's out of sight. It's building up. And then eventually, if you don't find an outlet for it, that's when the outbursts come, the anger come, or in my case, it'll bypass, um, it'll bypass a, an external behavior and it'll start manifesting as an illness you know, cause it's gotta find an outlet somewhere that emotional energy doesn't go away. Right. So, so it's an, it's an illusion or delusional to think that you can ever bypass your emotions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's so true. It's one thing to be, um, to have our own voice silenced by someone else, you know, when, when like, if, like a child's yelling at you because they're upset, you know, and our grief compared to the vastness of their own is not as bad. But it's interesting, and, and though we don't think this way, we are the ones most guilty of bypassing our own experiences. We are, um, because we, we should be taking accountability, right? We, we tell ourselves we should be feeling rather than accepting our feelings as valid, right? We, we, we tell ourselves to, let's say that again. We, we tell ourselves we should be feeling, but we never accept them as valid feelings. Does that make sense? Like we can say it, but we don't do it. It's like saying, well, I know I'm like my mom and my dad. You, you know it, you're telling yourself that, but you're not accepting the feelings that come from that and working on them. You know, we, we do this because in society, we have been taught, generationally down, influenced, environment, movies, books, that, that sadness, anger, um, being depressed, uh, um, all the bad bound nature, that th those are somehow wrong. Like there's something wrong with us and that those that are perpetually happy is the way we're supposed to be. 
right? And that's exactly not accepting our feelings, right? We need to embrace them. We need to sit with them sometimes. Yeah. Right. You know, um, you know, I have this whole presentation for this. So I have some of these quotes, but there's this, um, this uh, writer named uh, Glennon Doyle, and he wrote the book Untamed. And um, when I was doing research for this, just a little deeper, he wrote this, this quote, he said, I thought that happy was for feeling and that pain was for fixing and numbing and deflecting and hiding and ignoring. I thought when life got hard, it was because I had gone wrong somewhere, right? Like I, like it was me. Remember, those feelings we have were taught to us, right? We learned how to feel, how to take in a situation and be triggered, but we never sat with them and accepted them and understood them and peeled back the layers on them, right? Emotional bypassing is just accepting, this is how I am and I'm not gonna project it out. Right. Um, you know, when we accept our emotions, uh, it can help us. We've talked about this with Bound Nature. It helps us when we bring it forth. It helps us move um, forward um, from prolonged suffering into experiencing our feelings so we can then pass through them and work on them and be better. Right. There's um, <clears throat> there's not a measure to sadness or grief. Um, by which we can compare ours to someone else's because ours are our own, right? Um, if all emotions were valid, that they would, they would defy comparison, right? It becomes important that we hold a space for how we really feel without apology or justification to ourselves or anyone else, right? It's so we do that so we can stop suffering and begin the processing of mindset growth. Right. right? How do we do that? Four pillars, right? Acknowledging our bound nature, understanding our bound nature, understanding when we're in bound nature, how we manage that bound nature, understanding our language around that, understanding that my language is, I have this bad language and I'm saying I don't care. That's, that's bound nature. Accepting that I'm sad, but whatever, that's bound nature. Like accept the language, what you say, right? Emotional bypassing, stuffing it down, it begins and ends with self, 100%. And you it, may and even taught that. You may even taught that, but you're still responsible for it. And back to, I just want to reiterate what Chris said. Why, why does it happen in the first place? It's because of judgments. It's because we've been taught somewhere along the way, culturally, from our parents, or we picked it up somewhere, somewhere in our own lifetime, that a particular emotion is not as bad. Mm -hmm. It's just bad. And I want to, I actually, if, if you, Chris, if you don't mind, we talked about this yesterday, but I would love to share an example just, just because it's relevant, at least in the U S uh -huh. at least in the South in the U S and that is, um, the, the Christian church has taught us that certain emotions aren't like, like we're supposed to be full of joy. You're mm -hmm. supposed to be full of love. You're supposed to be full of compassion. So what happens when you're not? Right. So you end up, you end up like kind of faking it, so to speak. Like you're like, it doesn't feel safe. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't want people to, you know, it just puts standards there that are, are almost impossible for people to achieve. And it's not done on purpose, I don't think. And it's not, not done maliciously, but I think it's been done 
over the course of probably hundreds, if not thousands of years. So you end up having this culture where people can't be authentic. They can't be real with their sadness and their grief and their sorrow or, or their anger because they're, they're taught not to. Um, so it can, it can happen culturally. It happened. I grew up, well, New Orleans isn't the, it's in the South, but it's not Southern, <laughs> but, but in the South, um, in the Bible Belt in particular, that's just the area of the country I'm probably the most familiar with. Um, we like to say we're fine. Can I share this, Chris? Is it okay? Yeah. We're fine. I'm good. fine. I'm going to put my little Southern accent on it. I'm fine. Like if you said, how are you doing? I'm fine. It's not, you're not fine. Like it's okay. But that's, that's, we call that the four, four letter F word of the South. Because what it really means is, what did I say? It was, it was fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. But you're stuffing it behind a, a happy face of, and saying, I'm fine. When there's just so much more to the story than that. And um, so we want to give you guys permission to be real with how you're feeling. And the key is to not judge it. Just whatever comes up, it's okay. <laughs> it really is. It's okay. It's what you're feeling. Um, now, it may be you, you give yourself a time out and go sit in a room and feel it, <laughs> you know, but, but don't, don't stuff it. Don't put um, a, 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 a block or a barrier around it. Because let me tell you what happens, and, and we won't, I don't think, unless Chris wants to, we're not going to really get into this, but this is what um, emotional eating is about. Totally. So when, he says, when he says, get rid of the reasons why you're overweight, these are the reasons you're overweight, if, if, mm -hmm. if, overeating, if, if emotional eating is your issue. Um, this is, we, we literally, and I, I, I wish I could recall the studies precisely, but we've learned that you in your in your uh neurology you literally you'll feel the emotion but then immediately turn to a behavior because you've you've bypassed the feeling you've emotionally bypassed but you've turned to a behavior mm -hmm. or you've turned to something else to try to make yourself feel better mm -hmm. and it may be chocolate ice cream it may be for some people culturally acceptable things like working out yep or whatever. Uh, there are a lot of people who are in gyms working out their emotions. Totally. And, um, and they, they think, and here's the deal. There's, that's why I call them stuffers and ventures because there's, it's both the same route because you can stuff, it'll eventually explode. Or you can be someone who's, I got to work out every day because they're not stuffing, which is awesome. It's keeping them from not getting sick. It's keeping them from not having these outbursts. You know, they're not containing it until it explodes. They're just letting it trickle out every day. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably a healthier approach and it's certainly a more socially acceptable approach, but, um, but it's still the same thing. Still the right. same it's, route. It's brilliant, it's brilliant. It is, um... People will say, I have to run because it helps me deal with my stress and get it out. Every day? Like, like do, you, do you recognize the, the, what, she, what Margaret just said there? Like, people do that all the time. My ex-wife, classic, over, over happy all the time. Nonstop, right? Like, we mask um, sadness and anger with a smile, right? 
Um, that's about nature trait, right? Um, we use gratitude to negate ourselves due to privileged circumstances, right? We look for ways to fix something without processing the damage, right? So I'm giving an example, oh, great example. You get divorced. You fixed it, but you never processed all the back end why all that stuff came out, right? That's a classic one. Um, uh, so, so kids uh, use emotional release, like crying, yelling, and we just send them to the room and we don't process it. Like that's a classic um, situation with children because they don't know how to process emotion, right? Um, we diminish the impact of a deeply painful experience in our life. Um, like for me, when I, when I lost, when I broke up with my venture company, my venture capitalist company with my business, like that was a very um, deeply painful experience for me that I had to process and not say, okay, I got to move on. Okay, it's done. I got to move on. There's a point you do have to move on, but you still have to process and deal with the situation. All right. Um, what Margaret just said, we use socially uh, rewarding ways of coping mechanisms that are acceptable so we can hide behind them. Over-exercising, know a lot of people that way. Um, Overextending themselves uh, as a people-pleasing concept, right? They're always helping people. They're always doing things for other people. Um, taking away from their own life because it, remember, this is the word, it's distracting them from their subconscious brain and dealing with those emotions, right? Uh, Margaret said overeating. Well, how about food restriction, mm -hmm. right? Um, perfectionism, obsessing over the perfectionism because you're not dealing with the stuff underneath. Classic example, Michael Jordan, total perfectionist. He, was, he had so much going on he drove himself on the court. By the way, he's brilliant. Like, he has massive um, athletic ability in, in basketball. So I'm not diminishing that. What I'm saying is, if you watch this documentary, he was so exhausted all the time because of his perfectionism. And to hide it, after the game was done, he would go out all night and, and gamble, uh, party, um, play games. Just kind of, like he, he was totally in distraction of his life. Um, people then maybe lack of sleep or sleeping too much, right? There's so many ways we could, we could unwrap this for everyone. Um, uh, and that always comes back to where we always come from is when our language, understanding what we're saying to ourselves and how those things come up. Like, I got to exercise again today. Boy, I really don't feel like it but I really should because I got to do, I, I just got to let things go in my head, right? That's, there, there's something to that. Like we have to start unpacking that. And, you know, Margaret said we, um, you know, she used the, the, the Southern acronym of, uh, what, what did you say? What's the fine. word? I'm fine, 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 right. So, you know, when, you know, classically people, like if you're having a conversation with someone near your vent, let's use the word venting. Right. And someone will say, well, you know, well, this person has it worse than you. So you should just let it go. OK. But that diminishes the fact that something's really bothering you. OK. So people do it to ourselves. They, they instead of hearing our pain and allowing space for us or us hearing our pain and allowing space for us, we're silencing that our own experience. And we're bypassing it. Right. 
you know, the message really is twofold that someone's giving to you and then you give to yourself. We shouldn't make people feel uncomfortable and we shouldn't feel the way I'm feeling. But what the fuck? I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I got to deal with it. Like, like we, we need to understand that. Like when my daughter comes down and she's crying in the morning, she's sad. I don't say stop, get back up to your room, come out when you can be happy. Like that is, that is not, I get, sit her down and say, it's okay to be sad. Well, why are you sad? Like allow her to experience the emotion to articulate it so she can get over it. If she goes up into the room and stuffs it down somewhere and comes downstairs, we haven't, we haven't dealt with it, right? She hasn't experienced it. And that's just not how life works. But here's the thing. That's where that stuff starts, right? Because as adults, when it comes to children, we got so much of our own shit going on. I don't want to deal with their shit. I just need them to stop crying because that's entering my threat bucket and overflowing my bucket even more when it's already full. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that we, as humans, as adults, we need to experience the entire spectrum of human emotion because if we don't, we don't know how to handle it. And of all the stuff we teach you, it's emotional awareness. Like this is the crux of our society of changing, of getting to where we want, of achieving, of loving ourselves, of loving other people, of living a life that we want to live. You know, society tells us that we're not allowed to feel that way. It's, it's, a, it's a tool that society uses as societal pressure. Emotional bypassing, it's a societal pressure. You know, we, we hold back tears, right? We repress our anger, we, but we express gratitude, but it's not how I really feel. Like we want you to be, have gratitude, right? But we've also said you need to understand and express this and, and, and look at yourself in the mirror and, and absolve yourself from the emotion. Like teach yourself, like say it's okay, get through it so you absolve it goes away, right? And there, just think of, I, I like to think of an inbox at work. In fact, I'm sitting next to a desk here and I've got this, well, yeah, I won't show you, but um, you, you, the tools we're teaching you now are so that as, as paper comes in, you can get it done and move it forward. But then once you get good at that process, what you're going to realize is there's actually a lifetime of papers, for some of us anyway, of unprocessed papers. But okay, we've now learned the process. So as we get good at not having new things pile up, we can actually start working on the backlog. And, and I want to share, if this is a good time, I want to share a, a little technique or tool that I kind of stumbled upon on my own, maybe six or no, I forget the years, long time ago. But it, it was really helpful and um, powerful. And I, 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 I dubbed it face and feel. Because what I, what I do, what I learned is we, we, remember you have thoughts, you have actions, you have um, actions and behaviors, you have a physiology, but then you also have emotions, an emotional response. So I'm a math person, right? Let's get rid of all those other variables. Can you sit still and be still? And as thoughts come in, this is the, this is part of why meditation is popular, but, um, but, or, or you think of those, those monks or whatever who can just sit there for hours and be still. Because what's happened is they've mastered these emotions. Um, because how many of us have sat there and all of a sudden, you know, we're fidgeting with our hands or maybe our legs are restless leg syndrome, you know, tap, 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 tap. 
or thoughts racing or whatever. But if you can sit still, and, and for some of us, it's really hard to clear our minds of thoughts. Okay, fair enough. But at a minimum, can you keep your body still? For some of us, that's really hard to do. But let's say your leg is twitching. We'll just use that as an example. Stop twitching your leg, like be conscientious about, I'm not gonna move my body. What is that leg twitching? What emotion is that leg twitching bypassing? And actually, it actually by, by forcing yourself to sit still, you actually give and, and tell yourself, hey, I want to know what this underlying emotion is. What's hiding under the, t tell your body that's what you're trying to do. And then all of a sudden, that emotional energy may come up. And then you'll actually get to experience, and then and here's the kicker, allow yourself to feel whatever comes up. No judgment, no hiding it, no restuffing it. What, and I don't know how they figured it out. I've read different sources on this. Some people say 80 seconds. Some people say 90. The bottom line is it's about a minute and a half. If you can do that, it really only takes about a minute and a half. Think about plucking a guitar string. You know, it, it, you pluck it and it makes a sound and it vibrates and then it dissipates. Mm -hmm. That's all you're waiting for it to happen. You're waiting for that sound to come up and out and then it will eventually go away. And then guess what? It's actually gone forever. It's gone, gone forever. It doesn't, it, unless you re-stuff a new one, but the, that one that has been there in the background as a trigger, disrupting your physiology, dis, uh, causing you to behave certain ways that you haven't even realized you've been behaving, creating thoughts in your head that you didn't even know were related to that emotional energy, that is, that was the little fuel supply for all these other things, the driver for all these other things. And, and you've given it a chance to get up and out. But another way I've applied this is to be still. <clears throat> Where am I? And this was a biggie for me because I was sick. Where am I feeling the pain right now? I'm like, this happened to me the other day. I, I started to feel um, like my, there was my shin hurt. I'm like, wow, I don't remember hitting my shin, but I just, sat there and I, I, that's why I call it facing and feeling because I'll, I turned my attention to my shin and then all of a sudden this emotional energy came up and I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that was in there. Um, ancient or, or Eastern cultures ha do have an understanding that different organs will house different emotions. Um, you know, your liver will house anger, your heart will, heart and lungs will harbor grief. Um, I've, I've since learned trial and error myself that that's actually true. Um, so be still with yourself, you know, just, just close your eyes. If you have to, if you find yourself fidgeting, stop fidgeting and try to see what emotions pop up. And the key is don't judge it and allow yourself to feel it. And if it's a, if it's centered on a part of your body, you can do it with a, a pain or a discomfort focus your attention on that spot and see what comes up. And there's some things that literally I cleared right away and some took, you know, a couple weeks of sessions, so to speak, you know, five, 10 minutes at a time, just working through it. And it's a fascinating process if you haven't, haven't tried it yet, but um, anyway, that well, was long. I'm sorry. I mean, there's no, the, the truth is there's no way to measure grief right or or any of those bound nature thoughts um and to hold it side by 
to hold it side by side to someone else's and mark one is valid more than, and then the other's invalid. You just can't do that. Right. That's why we, that's why the self-awareness that we teach and the emotional awareness and increasing your emotional IQ is just, it's, it's important for you. Right. Bound nature doesn't require comparison because it, all that matters is what, how it affects you. Right. Yeah. And I want um, to add really, oh, yeah. sorry, Pesca. no, we've taught you that your thoughts, every bound nature, every free nature, you have a thought related to it, a behavior related to it, a physiology related to it, and an emotion related to it. So you can follow any one of those into the other. Like you can follow a thought into your behaviors. You can follow a thought into a, physio a part of your physiology. You can follow a thought into your emotions. And conversely, you can do that with all the others. My emotions will drive certain thoughts. Like it's like a little invisible webbing under, you know, underneath the surface for all of them. One of the reasons I particularly like this topic um, is because I personally have found, and I, I actually do a form of energy work um, as, as it's a hobby, but business, business hobby. I love doing it because it, like, it clears things out. It's the, it's the thought will create, if the thought and the judgments attached to that will, will create the, the stuck emotional energy. But once it's stuck in there, Oh my gosh, it's, it's just a huge driving force. So if you can get rid of it, it clears things out so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, it's just huge. So you can come at it from all kinds of angles, but, um, but I find you get a ton of bang for your buck by working at the emotional piece of it. Yeah. And, yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 I could keep going, but I'll stop. <laughs> You can keep going. Of course you can. I just love, I really do. I love helping people figure this piece out because, um, again, we're, you, you can't, it's hard to think beyond how you feel and mm -hmm. how you feel is dictated by this emotional energy that you've suppressed. Mm -hmm. And, and so we're all about trying to get you to think greater thoughts, right? Have a greater belief system about yourself. And so you have to do the mindset work. There's no question about it. No question about it. But what, what really kickstarts the mindset is, is working at the emotional level, um, trying to, it, yeah, just working at this emotional bypassing, because if you can figure this out, you're, you know, you're most of the way there. Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is, is, you know, as we, as I teach this even, and I think about it, everyone's an emotional bypasser until they get someone like us to make them understand. And I say that not that people stuff everything in is that we just accept ourselves as is. Okay. And when I react to something, I say, well, that's a non-negotiable for me. That's a red flag. I don't like that. My mom did that to me all the time. Like in a way we, we, we we're not sitting with, our emotions and understanding it. Like we're not holding space for that emotion. We are just to, as a critical reminder with our nature, it's, it's, an, it's intensely emotional and reactionary when we get that way. Right. We need validation and recognition, right? We live in a comparative society. We are either, most of us live 
because we've been taught we live superior to everyone or inferior. And if we're inferior, we try to prove ourselves. If we're superior, like there's so many different ways. Like we get cynical and angry of others because we judge, right? We're jealous. We get envious. Um, and fear, we've talked to death about fear and we're going to talk to death about it more. Um, sometimes we're over analytical. We overthink, which leads to overwhelm. And then we worry, right? These are bound nature points that you need to hold space for in your, for yourself. Right. And in, in the, in, you know, if we had to give you a few techniques to think of that we've taught and we'll teach again, one is object for self-referral. Okay. And you know, our success and happiness for object referral is tied to stuff. Okay. Letters after your name. Yep. So you, 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 you need them because they make you feel superior. People look at them and like, Whoa, right. Like they put you on a pedestal. Maybe, um, you know, they, we tie the, the, our happiness to the outcome of success, weight loss. How many, how many people do you know get excited when they've lost 30 pounds? Like I get it. It's good. It's, ha- it's good. But when it makes it like changes your life, that's great, but you have to unpack that. Why is that such a big deal? Like, why, why are you tied to a number, right? Especially when you're tied to the number on the scale and it's not moving and you don't lose what the weight you want to lose. What happens then, right? Uh, money, money stories, um, a big one, romantic love. Like, we're, we're going to do a whole talk on... Um, Avoidance, anxiety, avoid, um, anxious avoidance and stuff in terms of relationships and why we need to get away from diagnosing ourselves as having these things when we can use the tools we have to work through our stuff. And I'm going to use myself um, as an example and let you understand how I learned that from my parents and what that meant, how I've, how I've experienced relationships in the past and come forward because it's a big learning experience for myself. But I don't, I don't diagnose myself with something wrong with me. I have already taught my experiences and how I've worked through them. But I want you to see how a diagnosis from a psychologist can really change your mindset and send you on a spiral, right? Because you don't want people to think that. Like you see a psychologist or a psychiatrist and then you're diagnosed with this. Um, what we want, right, is self-referral right? I want to sit with Margaret and express my emotions and not be triggered if she says, she wouldn't do this, by the way, says, well, get over it. They're starving people in Africa. You don't need to lose 10 pounds. Okay. I'm just, she would never say that, but like, I'm okay with myself to sit with my own emotions and be okay with them. And if someone says something at me that I know is their bound nature, I don't take it personally. Right. So we need to detach from that, from all, right? Yeah. Um, in, our, in the moment of um, living, like living with ourselves, we, uh, we need to know when bound nature spikes for ourselves, so we can manage it. We've talked a little bit about that, how we use bound nature 911 to self-regulate our daily emotional landscape. Um, we need to basically bring awareness to where we are today, like right now for yourself and focus on the now. Like where are you now today? 
not next week, five years, or 20 years from now, today. Not five years previous or 10 years previous, today. What am I going to do today that's going to eventually get me to my intentions and my goal that I need, that I want for myself? Like, that's big. Self the object and self-referral landscape of teaching, for me, was a game changer for me as a people pleaser. Because I always, I learned that my frustration in business, in relationships, whatever was, I was always trying to prove myself. So someone said something to me to make me feel better about myself because I did something for them. Right. And that was completely wrong. I wonder where my relationships would be today if I had known that teaching 20 years ago. Like, where would I be sitting today? Would I be divorced? Would I have had a bad breakup in business? I don't know. But I know that I am better today because of that and how I, how I receive compliments. More importantly, I can give them now without thinking I need something back. That is huge. Right. There's a lot of people give compliments needing something back quickly. Right. Right. And, there, and there's an energetic property to how you say things. When someone says it, you know inherently they're searching for something for themselves. Once you understand yourself. Once you understand yourself, right? The past is just a collection, you know, of moments that have happened. They're learning experiences. There are teachers. There are best friends, right? Um, the future, it's just the future. We don't know what's going to happen, right? So we don't need to worry about that as we go forward. The only true power we have is creating the life we have today. So tomorrow, I'm a little bit better than I was today. But if I focus on today and the things I need to do today, focus on myself, my language, my emotional status, my emotional awareness, and how I can move through that and, be, and work through it, then tomorrow's going to be better, right? It's just the moment. Yeah. And, and I want to jump in here because I think what you just pointed out was brilliant. What we want, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about kind of untethering some of these things from our past. Um, the, so I like pictures. I like analogies. So if I'm here today, let's say this is my past and this is my future. If I have all these experiences in my past and we do, we all have them. Most of them are, let's say fine, but there's going to be those that are really emotionally charged. Like if I go back and look at that experience, like, Oh my gosh, I remember that I was so embarrassed. And if you're still feeling embarrassment in that moment, for example, or, Oh my gosh, I remember when they did that. I'm still mad. You know, if you're still feeling that emotional charge, you have an invisible tether to that experience. You, we we want to be able to look back on it and honor it. It is what it is to kind of be able to stay neutrally present, emotionally neutrally present and not get triggered. So if we are, it means there's still this connection there. So that would also be a way you can sit, sit with the uh, memory. And, and try to allow yourself to today feel what you didn't allow yourself to feel then because of judgment, because of fear of rejection or whatever it was. Because here's the deal. If you can't get rid of those tethers to your past, they will act like a bungee cord preventing you from moving <laughs> towards your future. Um, it literally, it's like you've got you've got little, little bungee cords and you're, you're working hard trying to create your, your next life and your, your next day, your next year, your next decade or whatever. And you just feel like something's pulling you back. And the, and the answer is because it is, 
you gotta you gotta cut these cords um, so that it frees you up to move in the direction you want to move in. And and how does this all this happen? Mm -hmm. Emotional bypassing. Mm -hmm. The reason you have these little connections to your past, these past memories, past experiences, is because you you judged how you were feeling and you shut it down. You either you either stuffed it, you bypassed feeling it, you bypassed feeling it by either stuffing it or by venting it. Mm -hmm. Venting it through eating, venting it through exercise, venting it through watching a movie, venting it through playing video games, whatever you did, it's fine, we all do it. But now that we're getting healed and whole and more self-aware than we've ever been, we have an opportunity to go back and feel it. And we really, I don't, I personally don't know a lot of ways around it. I mean, I know a few, I should say, but. But at some point, you actually just have to say, this is how I feel. I'm going to own it. I'm owning my junk. This is how I feel. And allow yourself to feel it. And it'll, it won't last forever. Mm -hmm. It won't last forever. Feel the shame. If you're feeling shame, feel the shame. Feel the grief. Feel, cry if you need to, whatever you need to do. Um, but, but own the emotion and not judge it. And then it'll come up and out. And then the beauty of that is you actually can be happy and be joyful and be all these things. And it's authentic. Then you're not faking it. You know, you can, someone asks you how you're doing, you can say, I'm fine. And you actually really mean it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not just faking it. So there is, I do want to say there is an authentic expression of joy and happiness that, um, but you, you, not through bypassing because that that's not helping anybody out right the it's it's important because when we are trying to fake it okay you fall into that object referred scenario okay this works perfectly where i was leading because when we do that you know we we've talked about this before let me reach remind you there are three faces of object referral okay remember there's the pretender the rebel and the failure okay and so let me just remind you, in this aspect, the pretender could be someone who acts outwardly happy and successful because they're not dealing with their stuff that's inside. This is how they've masked their bound nature, right? Um, or they're inwardly terrified of failure or disappointing. So they act, they outwardly act happy, right? Um, this was me for a long time in business. You, you live in fear of being found out. So you act smarter than you think you are right? Or you avoid the situations where you could be found out, right? You, um, you, you put yourself in, an, in, a, in a situation where you have to continuously wear or maintain the mask of the pretender, right? Um, you become perfectionistic uh, you, or you procrastinate a lot, mm -hmm. okay? Because you don't want to fail because you're, you have the object referred response from other people. You're worried about it. Um, or competition, you fear, you, you stay away from competition. Um, if we look at the rebel, you know, you're pretending that opinions don't matter. That's classic emotional bypassing right there, right? Um, you constantly have this anger inside of not being good enough, but you don't deal with it, right? That, so do you see guys, see how all this connect? It all connects together, right? These are bound nature traits, by the way. Um, you know, you need to prove the criticism doesn't bother you. 
you're emotionally bypassing how you feel, right? Um, you blame others so you don't have to deal with it uh, or you break rules because you feel like you need to show off or try to prove someone else wrong so the, the people aren't looking at you. Uh, you fight authority. I mean, we could keep going, right? So, and, and then the failure, right? You know, uh, acts helpless or unable to cope. Someone come save me, right? For attention, right? We, there's people you probably said that that's what they do. Um, or they sit there and they wait to be rescued by someone, right? You know, laying on the ground, arms flailing, not literally, but, um, you know, they live in constant self-pity of themselves. Uh, they look for guidance from everyone nonstop. Classic right now, coaches online, buying the newest technique on site to help their business um, because they haven't dealt with their own stuff inside of why they cannot continue to complete tasks every day, simple and consistent, or you are learning a mindset growth company or program and you go find another book and stop the program, go do another book, then read another book then go to a seminar, right? You are, you are constantly trying to find the aha moment in your life. And that, though, that, that's object referral, right? You can be a combination of them, but the, what we want to express is that emotional bypassing has so many levels in different areas of your life. You just have to ask yourself and sit with the emotion, listen to your language in the morning. And that's why the, that pillar is the deconstruction of your mindset. Why it's so important for us. Any, any thoughts, Margaret? Nope, oh, I lost her. Okay. Oh, I'm oh. back. Okay. So, you know, like, the, the, really, it's about, it's about maintaining a balance, right? Um, you need to have self-love. You need to practice self-love through the four, four pillars. So you start having boundaries within yourself, which then translates to other people. Um, you need to have your own personal emotional involvement with yourself. You need to have, we've said this a lot, compassion for yourself that you have an emotional need and you have emotions and we need to understand what they say because they are your best friend. They are not your enemy. They help you and they signal to you when something's going on and that's important, right? So it's, you're empathetic to yourself, not sympathetic right? Don't get, don't get into the sympathy, go down the hole type of thing. Be empathetic and compassionate to deal with it, but don't get into the sympathy hole, right? And don't, don't form conclusions, right? Don't form conclusions on yourself. Just work through it. It's not, there's no definitive. It is what it is. And next week, it may be a little different. It may be a little deeper or it may not be what it is. It may be found something else. But the fact is you're, you're working and you're not concluding. Because when we conclude, we stop seeking. We always need to be seeking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Woo! This might be my favorite talk ever. I don't know why, but it ties well, in so much of what we've talked about. It, it's because it's the foundation of everything. If people didn't emotionally bypass, you wouldn't have any bound nature traits to work with. <laughs> they just wouldn't exist. You know, they exist because we've hijacked the process at some point in the way and, and we hijack it through judgment. And um, so at some point you got to go back and 
bring that stuff back up. That's why the four pillars work. If you find you can't, I'm going to sound like a broken record on this. Chris knows this is my favorite pillar, but the counting wins. If you find that this is really hard to sit with your emotions, just spend a season, a days, weeks, whatever, just really honing in on the counting wins, the gratitude, the appreciation, however you want to word that, because um, that gives you the resiliency to be able to go back and face some of this stuff. Because when I was first learned the concept of trauma, uh, trauma bucket, it was presented me, to me, uh, exact same thing, but it was presented to me as uh, joy capacity. So think about it that way. You, you, you can either view it as, as, you know, filling up your trauma bucket or, or increasing your capacity to experience joy. Um, it's the same concept, just a, a flipped, flipping the language, a little different way to do it. And how do you build that joy capacity? How do you increase that trauma bucket actually by practicing the gratitude, practicing the appreciation, practicing looking for the wins in your day? So if you want to get better at this process, um, or, or, or if you're finding you're not really able to do that, the other piece, just practice increasing that, that trauma bucket. Mm -hmm. Then go back and face all this emotional stuff that we've been avoiding our whole, our whole lives. So that's just another little tip I've learned for myself is sometimes just, hey, push pause on maybe the language for a, a couple of days or a week and really just focus on the, on the wins. Mm -hmm. if, if that's what you need, that may be a tool for some people. It is. It is a great tool because there's, there's different levels of your, <clears throat> of your journaling experience yourself. So you become a beginner, intermediate, advanced, and superhero. And at some point, sometimes you have to stop learning your language and really get into the restructuring process after you get really good at your language. Yeah. But what, if I could leave this one comment for today and, and we'll, we can we revisit on the next talk because we got to jump off, but classic emotional bypassing is when you sit with yourself and you think you have nothing to work on, when you think everything's great and there's nothing there, that in itself needs to be peeled apart. Why? That, that right there, just ask yourself why I'm good. I got, I got everything in my life under control. I'm perfect. I'm not sad. Just stop right, stop right there and just, why is that? Where did you learn that? Why, how are you perfect? There's no perfect. We're perfectly imperfect. Okay? On that note. We're out. That was amazing. Tomorrow, 5 p.m. If you can join us, great. If not, we'll post. Love you guys. Thanks for your time. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.